0: This incident occurred about 13 years ago when I was 15 in a city near Perth, Western Australia. At the time, several strange things were happening, which I believed had to do with a seance my friend and I had played around with. Nothing much exciting happened during the seance, and to be honest, I thought my friend was pushing the glass and never thought much of it, until I began waking up at 3.15 a.m. every morning with a genuine sensation of total terror. I would lie awake in bed with the covers over my head as I had a strange sensation of being watched and was afraid of what was in my room with me. I would lie there like that until the sun came up. I was always terrified of looking in a certain direction and upon inspection I found the glass which had been used in the seance. This took me by surprise as the glass had been disposed of, so I was certain that the glass was the reason for my sleepless nights. I once again disposed of the glass. However, I kept experiencing the same feelings and once again upon inspection came across the same glass that I had already thrown in the garbage twice. This time I was determined to get rid of it, so I took it outside and smashed it on the ground. I continued waking at 3.15am to the minute every night without fail, and I started seeing strange dark shadows. The shadows started as perfect black balls, which would circle my room, then seem to disappear through my window. I put this off to paranoia and lack of sleep and simply tried to ignore it and go back to sleep still with my head under the covers. Other people started noticing the shadows too, and at normal waking hours saying that the end of the house where my room was seemed a bit creepy. Gradually the shadows seemed to get bigger, but I continued to ignore them until one night. The family dog woke me, again, at 3.15am. He was sitting next to my bed and he was making a crying sound. I figured the dog needed to go out so I got up and let him outside. As soon as I was back in bed the dog was at my window squeaking and carrying on, so I got back up and let him back inside. The dog followed me to my room and once again sat by my bed whimpering. I then took him back outside and even though he sat at my window still crying I made him stay out there for a bit because I didn't want him coming back in and waking me up. I eventually gave in and let the dog back inside. The bathroom light was on, letting light flood the hallway as I walked back to my room where the dog started growling. I moved closer to the bathroom door so the dog could see it was me as I was worried he was growling at my shadow. I called him up to me as he was still growling and said, hey, it's only me, come here, what's the matter? The dog walked slowly toward me, still growling, and sat next to my leg, growling at something behind me. In a flash, my thoughts raced to, oh my god, there's someone in the house. And turned around and started running down the hallway what i saw was something that has never left my mind and something no one has ever believed when i have told them i saw what seemed like a huge bird it had huge outstretched wings that would have touched the roof and almost the floor its body ended where the wings did and neither seemed to touch the ground as it followed me down the hallway the wings stayed outstretched and it seemed to glide as it moved I did notice a small head in between the wings but no features that I recall, and the head seemed hooded rather than round and connected to the body with a neck. The creature seemed more shadow than a flesh, and as much as I have tried to put it down to my own shadow I am certain that what I experienced and saw was real and could have in no way been my shadow. I remember mostly the wings and the enormity of them as they towered over me and how it moved as it followed me until it slipped into another room. I am not sure what happened to it after this, but my sister, who was older and didn't believe in anything paranormal, had some strange experiences involving a black shadow and some kind of sleep paralysis, where she was surrounded by a bunch of people laughing at her as the black shadow circled over top. Today we'll be tackling a series of stories surrounding Ouija boards in part one of what will surely be a multi-part series called Tales from the Ouija. And that is Freaky Deaky. Bro.
1: Freaky Deaky.
0: Good grief that took eight minutes it's an eight minute story all right that was a doozy yes it was yeah um as i stated a minute ago we're today we're going to be talking about some creepy ouija board stories I don't know. I just thought this would be a good kind of a good series to kind of run throughout the, the course of the show is every once in a while go and dig up a few more creepy Ouija board stories because Christian is not a believer. And we're trying to get him on the side of believing that maybe just maybe there's something evil attached to these boards. There is not unless yeah. the person that's attached to it is evil
2: and yeah. just playing with the Ouija board with their friends before they find out that their friend is evil.
0: Yeah, that's usually how most of these stories start is I never really believed in that garbage. And then the demons, they came for me, you know. It almost
2: seems like the more common denominator is the humans mm, using the Ouija mm, and saying it's demons.
0: Yeah, so essentially over time, we're going to be breaking Christian down his beliefs will crumble piece by piece as we like, this was just researching this one episode. I already I'm close to finishing the next two and those are, it's not, I'm not going to release them like consecutively cause that would get very tedious and monotonous and people would probably tune out. But over time I want to release just Ouija board stories, Ouija board episodes, kind of talk about it a little more. Um, it's So Shouldn't we test what out? We should not. And that's what I was just about to say is it's not something I will ever touch or ever like, you know, take part in, but, it's so something that is interesting to talk about.
2: So you don't know whether to believe it or not?
0: Uh, no, I do, because I um, the direct result of people that, that you know, played with Ouija boards tied into one of the stories that I, I told a while back, I think the Halloween episode? Shadow, Shadow Person people. episode. Yeah. Yeah, so it was because someone played with a Ouija board that I actually ended up seeing one for those those three nights, that month afterwards, all that fun stuff. So I don't need direct contact with it to know that creepy shit happens off these things, and that's, you know, I mean, everyone's entitled to their personal opinions. And for sure, even in this episode, I came up with, um, I found some information regarding what it could be outside of, you know, demons from the underworld so so there's a lot of uh a lot of fun information in this and this episode in particular is going to be you know kind of some of the backstory a couple a couple stories and then the future episodes are probably mainly just going to be stories like we're going to open maybe you know banter back and forth for a couple minutes and then it's going to be right into a bunch of ouija board stories i didn't want to launch a series like this off of that without giving some of the backstory some of the lore and some of that you know so people can kind of if for whatever reason, they're not familiar with this subject. I can't imagine anyone out there is like, what's a Ouija board? But Are all these stories going to be telling us about how evil it is? Um, no, not technically evil. Like the one I think yours, the one that you're reading is actually more just that fact that an entity gave information okay. that lined up with future um. diving into that. Um, I will touch on the origins and the background just a little bit before we get to Heather's story. So, one of the first mentions of the automatic writing method used in the Ouija board is found in China around 1100 AD. In historical documents of the Song Dynasty, the method was known as Fuji, or planchette writing. Also, similar to a Fuji apple, or planchette writing apple. we are all familiar with that. The use of planchette writing as an ostensible means of necromancy and communion with the spirit world continued, and albeit under special rituals and supervisions, was a central practice of the Quanzhen school until it was forbidden by the Qing dynasty. Several entire scriptures of the Daozang are supposedly works of automatic planchette writing. According to one author, similar methods of mediumistic spirit writing have been practiced in ancient India greece rome and medieval europe spiritualists believe that the dead were able to contact the living and repeatedly used a talking board very similar to a modern ouija board at their camps in ohio in 1886 to ostensibly enable faster communication with spirits following its commercial introduction by businessman elijah bond on july 1, 1890 The Ouija board was regarded as an innocent parlor game unrelated to the occult until American spiritualist Pearl Curran popularized its use as a divining tool during World War I. Paranormal and supernatural beliefs associated with the Ouija board have been criticized by the scientific community and are characterized as pseudoscience. The action of the board can be most easily explained by unconscious movements of those controlling the pointer, a psychophysiological phenomenon known as the ideometer effect. Some Christian denominations have warned against using Ouija boards, holding that they can lead to demonic possession. Occultists, on the other hand, are divided on the issue, with some saying that it can be a tool for positive transformation. Others reiterated the, the warnings of many Christians and cautioned inexperienced users against it. In a letter penned to occultist and ceremonial magician Frater Akkad by Alistair Crowley in 1919, Crowley writes, quote, There is, however, a good way of... You- Should I do it in like a... Australian or British accent it, there uh, is <laughs> I'd say do it British if you could but yeah I could do Australian I can't do British <laughs> there is however a okay a quote there is however a good way of using this instrument to get what you want and that is to perform the whole opera perform Perform it. it. Go perform that ritual. And that is to perform the whole operation in a consecrated circle so that undesirable aliens cannot interfere with it. You should then employ the proper magical invocation in order to get into the circle just the one spirit you want. It is comparatively easy to do. A few simple instructions are all that is necessary. And I shall be pleased to give these free of charge to anyone who cares to apply. Interesting, interesting, interesting. (laughs) So right off the bat, what do you feel about that that cold open story? You're asking me? Yeah, Christian, I want to know what you think about it. You just think it's probably nighttime and you're scared? Yes, that's more than likely what
2: I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I The imagery of the bird is, is some fun imagery because that is suppo- some people believe that that is an ancient fear of humans based on evolution mm-hmm. in our ancestors that lived in trees. It's like thunderbirds? Well, just we're afraid of large birds in general.
0: Mm. At, oh, I'm at, terrified
1: at, of any bird. Yeah. And then yeah. I think uh, if you really want to go back to just an even predatory feel like animals, they get scared when something's coming above them. Right. And I mean, if there was something big enough to take me, make me fly up in the air. Yeah, it'd be terrifying.
2: Yeah, Spooky. And, and yeah. S- a lot of people still say that humans nowadays will sometimes like, their body language they'll cringe a little bit their mm. their metabolism everything changes sometimes when a shadow from something flying above them goes over them and they see it on on the ground yeah it's like an instinctual fear
1: yeah
2: uh, where you're getting ready for fight or flight even now yeah and so i think that's in, that was uh some good imagery that almost makes me believe some of it's even more in his head mm. because of that
0: because yeah. of the imagery?
2: Yeah, the imagery is more basic. It's it's something you could see the mind conjuring up when it is in a fearful state. Now, how it got to that fearful state is another matter. What about you, Heather?
1: Yeah, I found the the bird again. Really interesting just because like I said, I'm terrified of birds, so that would be terrifying. Um, it's definitely one of the more out there things. I, I'm not too familiar with a bunch of Ouija stories, but mm. What I've heard is more of like the shadow person kind of connected with the like commenting yeah. like your story with like, you know, Zach, Zozo, Zaza. Like, hmm. so, I mean, I found it really interesting. Obviously, I believe like anything attached to Ouija board is bad. So yeah. I'm too chicken to go and try and mess around with that personally.
2: I, I am the only <laughs> of one of the three of us that has absolutely no fear. That is true. Right. Also, I've used one before. Oh, I didn't know that.
1: I know you keep saying that you're going to bring one, but I did not know that you've ever used one.
2: Yeah. When I was younger, a kid, I mean, I had friends that had them. I was never allowed to have one. Um, They were kind of spooky to us back then. Yeah. They just don't feel. I always believe
0: that the people are moving it. Did someone move it when you used it? Yeah. Every time. Every time. Hmm. But you're in your mind, you're saying that everyone else was pushing it around or. Including myself. Oh, you pushed it a few times. Yeah. I think it's
2: like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's almost imperceptible, that, yeah. we, but we are moving it in basically every study they've ever done, mm. you know, whether that is the right conditions to have, you know, a demon show up or yeah. a spirit, but in the studies they've they can show that people are actually moving it with little micro pushes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, real quick, since you have a habit of burying the lead with a lot of paranormal experiences in your life, did, uh, did anything weird ever happen with the Ouija board stories? No, no. Nothing unexplainable? No, nothing, no lights turned off? No. Nothing like that? Are you no, sure? No, I'm sorry. No portals yeah. the devil <laughs> yeah. coming
1: yeah. out of the floor.
0: Yeah. That was did a you, separate incident. Was that earlier or later in life? Oh, that was way earlier.
1: Yeah, because yeah, didn't you say you were like a little boy when that happened?
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just, you know, I have to ask because every other episode or so, you're like, yeah so then aliens came and buzzed me up and that was probably just my brain yeah not not yet
2: not yet with the aliens and not in this case okay nothing weird happened
0: yeah um and i'm not i'm not saying that every single time you you touch a ouija board (laughs) it's gonna like you know the devil's gonna pop up and kill you what i'm saying is that you have the potential to open up and communicate with things that you're not supposed to be opening up and communicating with and so there's there's potential for things to latch on to you whether you believe in you know, a spiritual realm or anything like that, demonic, whatever entities, spirit, ghosts. What I'm saying is that the possibility is what if you're in the right time or the right place and right time and something is in your vicinity and it like is drawn to that or whatever because of the intent behind it, because the people that have their hands on the, on the planchette are like, we want to speak to something, you know, like you yourself believe in energy a lot. I think that if, if this was a situation where you could have the intent, then something could show up and it could be more than you bargained for
2: it could be. Mm. I mean, if, if those things exist, I would take the Ouija board as almost being something you need to look into mm. or need to be open to and not, not really the Ouija board, what it represents. And that is maybe an inner psychology. And these demons you see are the demons we carry within our, our minds, the the reflections of the past, the things that have got us to where we're at, the t- things we've experienced and when we look within with something that is made by Parker Brothers now, so it's just a game to make money yeah, and, for them. But if you look at something like that and to take any journey where you're reaching out into the spirit world or you know, looking for aliens, you know, you, you really have to be looking within at the same time Yeah, because you have to like rethink everything you've ever learned.
0: Can I, can I pick, like, Heather, I'm going to let you jump in in a sec, but can I piggyback off that for one, just throwing something, and I've, this is something I've told you in the past too. So, but it, it, it further further, I don't know, solidifies my point of the fact that these things are actually happening and not so much just in our heads because when we were talking about shadow people and that one chick that pretty much brought the thing to me i saw it three days before she even told me about it and she told me that after the ouija board session the thing followed her around and that her friends couldn't or her friends could see it but she never saw it once and she gave me like two or three stories one of which was i think one of her friends said she was upstairs on the second story and she looked out the window and there was a being like a shadow person standing there just looking in at her on the second story not you know so clearly just floating but what i'm saying is there's no way for maybe she could make up that story but there's no way for her to know that the three days prior to her coming over and telling me that i had been seeing this thing myself i could i and you're placing you're seeing this on a ouija board no i'm i'm seeing this because of the fact that her and her friends played with the ouija board And she said that everyone in her life or whatever pretty much sees this thing, but she never gets to. So wherever she goes, the thing travels, like follows her. And so when she was with me, it stayed and lingered around for a few days. And I saw it the three days after she left and the fourth day when she came back is when she actually told me about this story in the beginning. So, like, I had no idea the two were connected. I thought I would just had a, like, random shadow person in my apartment for three days until she came over and told me that she played with a Ouija board and ever since she got followed around by a demon and that everyone sees it except for her. Maybe the demon's been following her since before then. Maybe it's not a demon. But see, what I'm saying is that it's something is that there's something there. Like you yourself are saying demons aren't real or maybe it's not a demon, but then you're saying, well, maybe the demon was following her. Like, what? what is it? Is, is it? Is it not real or was it following her? I don't believe it was real. I believe
2: maybe the energy was real. Maybe yeah. she she has some kind of bad energy going on around her. Yeah, And that kind of stuff is contagious, I think. So however you manifest it could be related to how other people have manifested the same energy. We don't really know how that kind of stuff works on the brain. So depending on how that type of energy works on your brain, um, it's going to change
0: your experience. I think that makes it a real thing. I think I think the proof is right there and you're finding other ways around it.
2: No, I'm but, saying I'm not saying it's not a real thing. I'm yeah. saying this is a plausible reason for it to be real without being demonic.
0: Yeah, and that's fine, but like real is real, demonic it could be, you know, I don't know. But
2: if it's not demonic then we shouldn't fear it. We should just accept it as part of a
0: That's where we differ. Heather, where do you stand on that?
1: I always I'm intrigued just to start off with all the people that want to look into them. I never like even going back to childhood games like Bloody Mary or um, Candyman. You know, I never wanted to test out and see if anything appeared. And that's really honestly like my thoughts with the Ouija board. Like, I don't know yeah. if you're telling me something terrifying is going to come out of it. Like
0: <laughs> zero. Curiosity. No,
1: thanks. Yeah. yeah nope. And I, I mean, to this day, like. Never tried going to the bathroom, like always chickened out. Yeah. You know, kids that sleepovers, I just pretend go in the dark and just hang Mm -hmm. out like close your eyes the entire time. Yeah.
0: Hand on the door, door handle. Like
1: terrified, even thinking about it. So um, I think there's way too many stories out there. Just hearing your story, you know, Mm -hmm. I can't say that that didn't happen to you or it was some hallucination or you know, something you manifested from someone's energy. Like so, uh, I'm gonna lean with more on your side that. I mean, it's possible for sure. If, just... it,
0: if it was a hallucination, it was one hell of a coincidence as far as the timing goes. That timeline to me is almost like irrefutable. Maybe it's not that it's not a coincidence. Like I think it'd I said, be
1: different to think like you hallucinated and saw something if she told you the story before and you were already exactly. thinking that way. That's what yeah. really gets me.
2: What if her aunt, she just has something dark and negative about her and that affects how other people view the world around her? Yeah. That are close to her. I mean, it could it be as,
0: but that's what I'm saying is that gives it more of a spiritual light. Like maybe it doesn't have to be spiritual. It could just be negative energy, but in most cultures everywhere around this globe, that type of shit is viewed as evil. Like maybe it's in science world. It's just, Oh, it's you know, darkness. No, like, I don't know, but maybe it's two things repelling that should not be
2: together. Opposite ends of a battery. Yeah. Or a magnet. The opposite polarity or whatever. Mm it's maybe it's something as simple and as elemental as that
0: yeah but that's a stretch that's
2: not really a stretch that happens in nature all the time
0: true but but i mean then why wouldn't they just look into it back oh this is probably what it is and then then prove that that's i'm what not it saying is, you know?
2: everything i'm saying yeah. your particular incident this uh, person was not somebody you should be spending your time with yeah for whatever reasons and your energies your dna repelled against each other mm mm-hmm. And however it manifested is however it manifested, but it needed to manifest like that for you to be like hell no, mm. and that is exactly what should have happened at the time. So the universe is working through you yeah, without, you know, without aliens or demons.
0: You know what's hilarious is you and I actually have the exact same beliefs. You just call it something entirely different, science. Yeah, and I call it reality. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, do you do you, you, you want to go into that that story you got there, Heather?
1: Last year, my best friend and I decided to experiment with the Ouija board, just to see if it worked. We made our own out of paper and used a regular drinking glass as a pointer, so we were pretty skeptical, but we were in for a shock. It took a while for the board to warm up, but once it did, it became apparent that we were surrounded by relatives who had passed away. The glass moved extremely slowly, and there was nothing scary being said or done. However, halfway through our session, two of our other friends came bursting in the room laughing and joking. Once they calmed down, we got back to the board. This time, the glass moved extremely fast. We could barely keep our fingers on it. It started spelling out names and words without us even asking questions. The words spelled out included murder and lust. We ended the session immediately, as we were pretty freaked out. After that, everything went back to normal for a few days. But then I started waking up at 3 a.m. every night with an unexplained feeling of dread. This waking up continued for a few weeks and I started becoming depressed for no reason.
2: Wait, I have a question. Hmm. What the hell is up with
0: this 3 a.m. timeline? Uh, supposedly it's the witching hour or whatever.
1: Yeah, it's always been known as like a devil's hour, witching hour.
0: Okay. Yeah, and so that's where a lot of this, like any, and it sucks for me, I wake up Demonized at 3.45 and yeah. I like, can picture me in the early morning hours paranoid as fuck. But It's all in how you look at it. If I wake up at
2: 3.15, 3.30, I'm like, Oh, I get to sleep for longer and I go back to sleep.
0: Yeah, well, I usually do. But when I actually have to wake up for work at that time and get up out of bed and move around, that's when it sucks. Okay.
2: So I just wanted to qu- ask that question mm. because now.
1: I was going to make a comment when I was done with the story, but.
2: Yeah, I don't oh. believe in that that witching hour either. But yeah. I, Now I
0: understand why the times. Usually. It's usually between three and four. Okay.
1: Then one night at about one in the morning, my friend was walking me home. As we were walking up the road, he claimed he saw a black figure of a man leaning on a fence staring at us. We laughed and joked about the place being haunted. We used to hear bells chiming every night on that road. That night, I woke up again. But this time, I was being pinned face down on my bed by what felt like a man. I tried to struggle, but I couldn't move. I tried to scream, but nothing came out. He started speaking in my ear, but I don't know what he said. Then he was gone. I hid under my covers, like that would help, and soon fell asleep. It helped. (laughs) <laughs> right? Cool. You did it. When I woke up the next morning, I put it down to a nightmare, though it felt so real. A few days later, we would family visiting. My grandma, who claims to be very perceptive, came in and said she felt there was a presence in my house. My mom said she thought so too, ever since I'd done a Ouija board in my bedroom. but She didn't think it was harmful. My grandma disagreed and said she thought it was evil. The next bit is really hard for me to explain as I don't really know how I felt. As they were arguing, I began to get the same dreadful feeling I had so many other nights, and I began to feel something was wrong. It felt as though I was being pulled into a tunnel further and further away from the room I was in. I tried to tell my mom I didn't feel right, but I couldn't make myself talk or move. It felt as though something was trying to control me. I finally managed to make myself talk, but I screamed, there's something wrong with me. Next thing I knew, my sister was beside me, hugging me, and I was crying and shaking uncontrollably. My family said I'd had what looked like some kind of seizure. We got a priest to bless the house, and while he was doing so, all the pipes in the house made a huge screaming noise. They didn't stop till he'd finished the prayer, and after that, everything went back to normal. I still can't explain what happened to me. It scares me to think of it. Hmm. Interesting stuff there. That's an interesting one. And uh what just draws me about time three, like we were kind of saying, is it's known as the witching hour. Especially, I hear that reference a lot with the devil and with having a priest come in, kind mm. of like exorcist style. It's yeah. just, it's interesting. A lot yeah. of the
0: it's it's common. a weird correlation, I think, with the fact that all these people who have no idea who. They are like they're not friends or anything like that. But a lot of these stories do talk about waking up super early, like you know, where it's like eerily quiet. You know, and three a.m. is definitely that point.
2: Do they ever? And, and something I would think maybe wouldn't be referenced is maybe that is a natural remnant of our circadian rhythm, throughout time. That would be one of the times we'd wake up because in in previous human history, mm-hmm. there's no there was no such thing as getting eight hours of sleep a night or six hours. And if you look at the optimal the sleep cycle, it's usually sleep for a certain amount of hours, wake for a certain amount of sleep so that you're protecting yourself constantly. So maybe that is part of that leftover time period that we would as early creatures protecting ourselves from the wild animals around us would wake up to make sure the environment was safe. And it's just happens that because of that time we wake up and maybe see the world in a different light. Mm. Than we normally would at other hours.
0: Yeah. So are you are you suggesting that, let's say, um, like especially when these people are freaked out, that their body is willingly waking them up at 3 a.m. as like a protective measure? I I think maybe
2: that's. I wouldn't be surprised to see all of us wake up, somewhat at that time, and sometimes we just wake up all the way. Yeah. But if you like were to measure our sleep cycles, I wouldn't be surprised, especially with how many people wake up at those times. Yeah. Yeah. And recognize it that That is just a natural part of our sleeping pattern that's left over. Yeah. So it's automatic to kind of come out of your dreams a little or start mm-hmm. to wake up, whether you wake up all the way now because we have these comfortable beds and it's warm and there's no wild animal sounds that we have to go check on. Yeah. You know, who
0: knows? That's no, just an some, interesting perspective, too. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, it makes, I mean, I always look at the clock every time I wake up. Because I've always heard that three a.m. So it's always piqued my curiosity, and I do usually wake up at least around two, three every night. You know, a lot of times I just go to the bathroom, go to drink water. You know, usual. But I'm always like reading the room, <laughs> kind of like Same. three a.m. Uh oh. Yeah. No. But I've never had an experience that's felt demonic or anything like that. So.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if you want to kind of build on that, like uh read read over some of the scientific stuff that you got there, and then just kinda like we'll talk about that a little bit before you read into the, the third story, but Okay. So the
2: scientifically, the Ouija phenomenon is considered by the scientific community to be the result of the idea motor response. Michael Faraday first described this effect in 1853 while investigating table turning. Various studies have been produced, recreating the effects of the Ouija board in in the lab and showing that under laboratory conditions, the subjects were moving the planchette involuntarily. A 2012 study found that when answering yes or no questions, Ouija use was significantly more accurate than guesswork, suggesting that it might draw on the unconscious mind. Skeptics have described Ouija board users as operators. Some critics noted the message, ostensibly spelled out by spirits, were similar to whatever was going through the minds of the subject. According to the professor of neurology, Terence Hines, in his book, Pseudoscience and the Paranormal, the planchette was guided, or is guided, by unconscious muscular exertions like those responsible for table movement. Nonetheless, in both cases, the illusion that the object, table or planchette, Is moving under its own control is often extremely powerful and sufficient to convince many people that spirits are truly at work. The unconscious muscle movements responsible for the moving tables and Ouija board phenomena seen at seances are examples of a class phenomenon due to what psychologists call a disassociative state. A disassociative state is one in which the consciousness is somehow divided or cut off from some aspects of the individual's normal cognitive motor or sensory functions. Ouija boards were already criticized by scholars early on, being described in a 1927 journal as vestigial remains of primitive belief systems and a con to part fools from their money. Another 1921 journal described reports of Ouija board findings as half-truths and suggests that their inclusion in national newspapers at the time lowered the national discourse overall. In the 1970s, Ouija board users were also described as cult members by sociologists. Though this was severely scrutinized in the field.
0: Yeah. So see, uh, when I when I research things, I'm not just putting my perspective in there constantly. Like if there's something that, that is a valid argument against, I will throw it in there for you. I'll throw you a bone. So, So what do you think about that? I think in most
2: cases, hmm. That's exactly what is going on with the Ouija board. Yeah. Now doing research for our Jack Parsons episode Mm -hmm. that's coming up, I've come across a lot of stories of potential for certain entities to be brought into the world by doing stuff like this. Yeah. And is it possible? It could be. Is it also a part of what some have called weaponized psychology? Yeah. Which is what they've called magic Mm -hmm. in this instance. Um, you know it could be more psychological than anything that could be the whole story of demons or yeah. spirits or anything but i just don't think that in the majority of cases it would be dangerous what might be dangerous though is a novice working at magic if that makes any sense and that's at magic with a k at the end ck yeah. not the magic tricks
0: but that's why it's kind of funny like in the beginning when right. when that kind of introduction to it like even like people that were into like occultism and stuff like that. Like the Christians and these people agreed like, no, you shouldn't be touching this if you don't know what you're doing. Right. Like Christians said, because it was evil, but these people were like, no, you could let something in that you're not supposed to, if you don't know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. And I think we'll see that in that Jack Parsons episode. Hmm. We'll touch on that a little bit, but there are people that believe that if you do not know the, how to do it, the rules, you could cause problems. Yeah. And it, if there are, Ener- energies or entities out there mm. and you're just getting in front of, you know, a couple other teenagers who at that age are having their brains are really not prepared for that kind of thing mm. because, you know, you need, according to people I've studied is you need to have some discipline and some control of the chaos in your mind, you know, to yeah. be able to practice magic
0: yeah
2: and to deal with things like this.
0: Well, one thing about the the story that Heather read, that I thought could possibly poke a hole in the the situation was um, in the beginning, they mentioned that it was one friend, they were doing it together and then two friends burst in laughing and joking around and stuff. And so if those two friends then joined in and they're pranksters, it would make sense that suddenly after they came into the room, suddenly the planchette is moving around crazy and it's writing words like murder and lust and stuff like that. So it is an option. Like, it doesn't say that the the friends came in or making fun of them or anything like that it just said they're being loud like joking around like so yeah. it could it could be either or but like when i read that or when i heard heather read it cuz i didn't catch it at first i was like hmm i wonder if that could be a connection to why it suddenly started getting like violent.
2: And it, yeah, I, I would think most of the words you first come across will be what's in the minds of the people operating
0: murder and lust. It sounds like a great group of friends to have,
2: yeah. right? but it, at a what certain are age, teenage girls <laughs>
1: doing, man, like,
2: ugh. I think at a certain age, that's the kind of stuff you're talking about a lot, whether it's a movie or a TV show or how much, you know,
0: how much you're in you- love
2: with Billy. And, uh, and it goes the same for guys at that age. Yeah. That's a highly.
0: I can't wait to murder my friends. and. Well, that's going her. a little bit
2: deeper, but it, yeah. it depends on the type of friends you have.
0: True. It could
2: be, you know, could be a lot of joking things. I think just because a word murder would come out in something like this doesn't mm-hmm. mean somebody's thinking about murdering somebody.
0: Subconscious. Maybe they
2: just listen to the same podcast or watch the same po- Shows that Heather watches,
1: but they're young. A lot, a lot of yeah. yeah but I've been that. watching, like, I mean, since I was a little kid, I was fascinated with Dateline and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. before it was even a huge, you know, genre, as people call it now, and yeah. people loving it. I feel like you hear more people now, but as a little kid, I always, am, you know, I don't have those words just pop into like, mm-hmm. I was going to sit here and write something on a Ouija board. I think I could, for like, kill or something really easy, yeah. and, you know, not a lot to spell, not working out murder.
0: Do uh does, does your, after hearing what, what Christian just uh, read off, does that alter the way you feel about it at all? Or do you still, I mean, I guess they're both possibilities, but like, which one are you leaning towards? Do you think it's possible that it is just people like subconsciously kind of moving this thing without knowing it? And then, you know, the, either their minds got the best of them and they start seeing shit or do you think it is still something that is just freaky? Like it is, you're tapping into something you shouldn't be messing with.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Amanda, I've heard her stories about it mm. and they sound very creepy. So and wait, I just don't does she, see. Does she
0: have Ouija board stories?
1: Uh, She's if she has a Ouija board. Yeah. But they did. You it.
0: should ask her if she has any. Because if she does, we can have. Her they were talking about day. they
1: had it on Halloween. Yeah. Mm. We can have her come out. And she gave me her work schedule for future nice. recording dates because she's got a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. Um, I guess I could see like you accidentally nudging it slightly and stuff but when it goes like erratic and you hear people saying that like how can you discreetly do that yeah like are they just are you talking about, like when they're yeah like just
2: but there's i don't know there's no proof that there's that it goes erratic well all you have is the words of the people of that what are they're there. saying yeah so. in, in and in a laboratory study or a
0: setting yeah they can
2: measure the the people moving it
0: But don't you think that in, in like something like this, don't you think that if let's say they're just for hypothetical purposes only low hanging fruit, let's say demons, right? Let's say it's demons. Do Do you think that demons are maybe they've been walking the earth for such a long time that they're a little more aware of when they're being duped and when not to show up and when not to do certain things? Like, I feel like a laboratory test would be the one place that you wouldn't be caught dead if you wanted to just confuse people and be like oh maybe it's not real i'm not going to say anything i'm not going to do anything i feel like they'd be wise enough to be like this looks like a trap
2: i, I would think if there were such a things that yeah. would be the case
0: but i also think
2: sometimes we call things demons mm. but they're not like demons just has this automatic evil feel well yeah. yeah and i would think most things that people believe are out there are not evil mm. the evil part comes from the devil. No. no, I mean the evil part of everything yeah. comes from the early Christian churches. Influence. Yeah, before that, some of these things were just local pagan gods. Yeah, they weren't evil. They just were different.
0: Well, they could have been. There's no like, and some of them in the stories were,
2: yeah. but in most cases, they're just a local god that had to be made evil to bring to bring
0: in the power of
2: the early
0: Christian church. Yeah. But even that old lore, they talk about the evil one they talk about things that are evil even if it's like pagan or you know occultic or whatever you want to talk about there's always a semblance of evil regardless of what the belief is but even before christianity all that stuff it was no, a, i agree
2: because that's that's part of the balance
0: of the universe yeah so maybe evil is a thing because everyone regardless of belief feels it and they know when something evil is nearby
2: that, like it's a feel. that's a pot not everybody knows that but i think yeah. that is a possibility um but also evil is needed in the
0: Oh, absolutely! We it love it. It balances it's the, best, the world,
1: right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, Heather, you got anything else to add to that, or?
1: No, I think I'm good.
0: Okay. Yeah, feel free to this. This last one is a short story, so, but it just kind of it, it's not evil so much as it is just possible, quote unquote, proof. I don't remember if we gave everybody their proper credit for things we read, did we? Uh, we didn't on this one because this wasn't from like Reddit or anything with users. Okay. It was more or less just I um, I can't remember what the name was, but I sourced it somewhere around there. Well, this one's from Inez M. My story took place in Cambridge,
2: Minnesota in 2006 when I was 12 years old. I had just started seventh grade and a combination of two types of paranormal things happen. It was a Saturday afternoon and I was bored. My best friend Becca was over and we took out the Ouija board I got last Christmas. I'd asked the board, what was I in my past life? I was joking, thinking that these things didn't really exist. The board started to spell out Rebecca Lynn Peltzer Miller was there. That's all it said. We tried asking another question. Will I meet anyone else in my past life here? Spelled out yes. Who, we both asked. Vincent Daniel Douglas. Two years passed, and I had met no Vincent Douglas. I just joined the musical Annie, and you guessed it, the guy I acted with was named Danny Douglas. It was very strange. We'd never met before, but I felt like we had known each other all of our lives. That was when I remembered the forgotten Ouija board. So I asked him if Danny was his real name. He laughed and said, his first name was Vincent, a family name that had been
0: passed down through generations. I was definitely shocked. Creepy. That's a little, little foreshadowing from the board. Not, not scary in any, any way, shape or form, but just, and for something that doesn't make sense to them for like two years, three years, whatever it was that passed, it's just interesting, like what are the odds that you would actually meet someone that you feel like you've known your entire life after asking a question, will I meet anyone from my past life in this life?
1: Well, especially because like Danny Douglas sounds like a pretty common name, but when you add Vincent you know mm. in front of that, it's yeah. not as ass common of a name, you know Vincent Daniels, so, yes. yeah. Yeah. that's creepy because yeah i I mean if danny douglas i I could see multiple Danny Douglases being out there hmm. that you could run into, but yeah, put it with Vincent, and it's a little more unique.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are beliefs that when you die, you're reincarnated around the, mm. the same people you were with before. Yeah. Like you guys flowing in and out of each other's lives.
0: Yeah. That is interesting. It's an interesting take. And I, I actually wanted to do um, a write up or possibly even an episode like posing the question, what if past life regression like where you remember these instances or these stories of kids that are like six years old and they're like you oh, know my other mommy you know when before this happened when i in my other life and the parents are like what the fuck you know like what if these are instances of are you guys familiar with the walk-ins yes yeah like what if that's what that is like what if like it's a lost soul or whatever that inhabits this body and is remembering its past life and then it's just coming out of a physical way like almost like the, the body of, let's say, this child, I mean, this is a very dark theory in general, but let's say the soul of this child was lost somehow because it was overtaken by a different soul that is now inhabiting that that boy or that girl. That is a little dark. It's super dark, but it's, it's a fun connection. Like, not fun probably isn't, it's not like, yippee, you know, but it's it's something that I was thinking about because I was looking into walk-ins and the, the possibility of Abraham Lincoln being one. And I was like, damn, that kind of like, I got, I heard something about, you know, past life or, or something like that. And I was like, I wonder if there's any connection there. Like, what if there is something that you could just kind of tie on to and be like, oh, like, what is the purpose of this? Unless, you know, let's say uh, reincarnation is just a, like, the actual thing that happens. There's a lot of people that believe that that is the most plausible of all afterlife scenarios, you know? Right. So I don't know. It was, it was a fun little thought that I had and I kind of jotted it down. I'm like, I kind of want to write about this or, or see if I can, you know, put something together that, that kinda ties these two together. Do know. it. Yeah. We'll see. I have very limited free time, but it's it's saved in my notes so that when I do get like an hour or two I can look into maybe putting together a few paragraphs. I always enjoy tar- talking
2: about like reincarnation.
0: Hmm. So I had a, I had a buddy in Vegas. Um, He was the guy I used to work out with. He actually, he was telling me that he thinks the only possible scenario for the afterlife is reincarnation because he started mentioning something about, um, what is it like energy or like cells? There's only, there's a finite number of cells in the, in the universe. And that there's like when old cells die, they just pretty much regenerate. Like there's, you can't make new new cells you can't make whatever like i forget what maybe it's not cells because cells is definitely something that can be but it was something energy related but the way he worded it i was like "Hmm, that is interesting like there's no atoms maybe yes atoms that's what it is okay so so the idea that you know you can't make new atoms the atoms are just out there so that once you die when that person dies those atoms you know float off in the universe or whatever until they're And it it might, you know, explain some people um, with their like near death experiences Mm -hmm. where they're flying or they're like, they remember flying. They remember like soaring through the clouds and exploring space and all this stuff. Like, well, what if they're just atoms and they never look down (laughs) like, like, oh, shit, I don't have a body. So it kind of made sense in that in that light, too. But I don't know, like I'm someone who literally cannot fathom most of what happens in this life. So I can't piece together things that completely make sense in a you know unified way. But fun Uh, thoughts nonetheless. Yeah. I would, I wouldn't mind some of that stuff. Not the dark child thing. Mm, it's a fun theory, man. The floating a, through the air. Yeah, those stories are the best. Actually, while we're on the subject, of that real quick, Netflix has a documentary or a documentary series about near-death experiences that everyone needs to watch. We watched the first episode, and I was like.
1: Oh, I saw that advertised recently. What was it called again?
0: I don't remember what it's called. called. Lack of oxygen to the brain. No, dude. Watch the first episode and tell me it's still lack of oxygen to the brain. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like, I don't, you don't have to believe anything that I believe, but there's something after we die that, you know, I don't know. Some of the stories were, were surviving death, surviving death. Yeah. Came out.
1: Yeah. 2020. So fairly new. Mm -hmm. To check that Actually, out. I'm
0: glad I remember that because now we have to watch episode two. We haven't watched it in a couple days, but I, was, I got sucked in after that first episode. I knew as soon as I saw the description to I'm like, this is this is my jam because I, I want to do a near death experience episode because some of those stories are nuts and they're just super fun to listen to. Like anytime someone right. And granted, there's been a great deal of people who have faked it and bullshitted their way through, you know, trying to get fame and notoriety through a book deal or something like that. The ones that especially on this show, you know, they vet them pretty well. They vet that story pretty well. And they're like, okay, yeah, I have no explanation for that.
1: Well, maybe we'll happen to get lucky and have a listener that's had a near-death experience.
0: Mm, yeah, if you have, please write in. The or a Ouija
1: board story.
0: Yeah, that especially. I feel like that's more likely. I feel like yeah, a lot of people saw, mess
1: around uh, with that. You know, wherever a teenager sitting around in a basement, bored, I uh, broke out a Ouija board, have anything A, that was creepy while you did it, or you know, creepy things happen mm. after doing it. Right in. Yeah.
2: For legal reasons, we are not suggesting yes, you do this. Please yeah.
1: don't say in any but way it, you listen to Freaky Dicky and yeah. decided to play with Ouija boards.
2: Yeah. But if you we're have not done responsible, this,
1: we're not condoning it.
2: Tell us your
0: stories. But yeah. if
1: you have an pastime a yeah. little on the wild side in high school and played around, have a story. Let us know
0: if you have, uh, we can use them as fodder for, uh, for future episodes to try to convince Christian too. So if you want to convince Christian that, yeah. that these things are accurate, send in your story. And you know, when we start piecing together more episodes like this in the future, uh, it's not gonna, like I said, it's not gonna be too often, but definitely gonna do more of this exact same topic. Just please send in your stories and, you know, it could, could make it into a, a future episode. I don't know. There's so many like I don't think personally I will ever convince Christian that that the Ouija board is something that should not be messed with. I think that is a next to impossible task because you are not only a very stubborn man, but you have experience with a Ouija board. And you said that you guys were all pushing it around, joking around and stuff like that. But again, if you're doing that, would the intent be there? There were there were times when
2: you couldn't tell we were pushing it around. Hmm but you could figure it out after a moment. And it was like, it was really see where
0: the pressure was coming from.
2: Once you realized where the answer was going, you realize where it was coming from, from, you know, one or two of us. Yeah. But the movement was imperceptible. You could not tell you were moving it most of the time. Hmm. Unless you obviously were trying to
1: see things like, yeah. Demonic getting pushed around. Like that's just always, I've been fascinating. Like my, I don't have any family members that believe in anything or are slightly on the fringe yeah. um, in beliefs, but my grandmother was very Catholic and she had a friend that was a nun and she told her like that she felt the devil's presence, that she was possessed by the devil before, that she'd been thrown around a room by the devil. And that always like hearing that from a young age, like freaked was, me out. That was like, who now? my grandma's uh, a friend who was a nun and like my grandmother's passed a long time ago. And so I don't Mm. have anyone and like same with my grandfather, but my mom always tells me, yeah, I remember, you know, granny's friend saying about getting pushed around the room and feeling this presence. And it was the devil and you're Mm. about, uh, you know, priests and exorcisms and
0: yeah, there's uh, some fascinating ones.
1: I think it was belief holes um, episode on Ouija boards where they had talked about one of the, stories was like somebody, uh, their dad was a pre, I oh know it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't beliefful. No, I'm going back. It was, um, a confessionals hmm. guy and, and he said that his dad was like, uh, a pastor And he remembers his dad. There's this one gal who her husband had passed and to try in desperation to contact with him, she got a Ouija board. And when she got lonely, she would break it out and try to communicate with him. And so when it was all going on their kids, they just see their dad go in the middle of the night and not know what's going on. And then like they would ask their dad like, hey, where were you? And he's like, don't don't talk about it. I'll tell you when you're older later they asked and he goes yeah it was this gal you know she'd been doing this and don't ever touch one of those or mess with them because what's associated with them is is bad and don't do it Hmm. and i found that interesting
0: yeah a lot of those like even like you're talking about like the nun story right yeah god i would love to talk to like a nun or like a priest that has been through those types of things like the it was terrifying
1: and like especially during like my grandmother never said i don't and i mean i just believed like when I was younger, like everything, like if you're bad, the devil's going to get you. Like. Yeah. And I grew up with like grandparents, like they had holy water, like jars of holy water on their house and like Smart rosaries call. everywhere and just their whole house. And it was just terrifying, like that thought of like good and evil and yeah, just presence of the devil. And
0: yeah, that
2: just seems in my it feels too simplistic sometimes, though.
0: A little bit. I think um, there's a book that I, I'm only like probably a quarter of the way through that I got a few months ago. I just don't get a lot of free time to read these days, but it's called Demonic Foes. And I think I actually sent you guys a screenshot of it when I got it, saying it was going to be research for an episode that I want to do because it, it really is. It's a, um, yeah, it's by Richard Gallagher. And it's the tagline is My 25 years as a psychiatrist investigating possessions, diabolic attacks, and the paranormal. And so you have this this guy who is brought on essentially by the catholic church to be kind of uh you know he goes to these things he experiences and he you know sits down with some of these people that are quote-unquote possessed to really dig deep and be like oh i don't think this person's possessed what what's happening is this and he's a psychiatrist in the book itself he talks about several different instances where he knew that the person was just looking for attention or there's just bullshitting but then he himself has been like there's a few of these things that i have no way of explaining like there's I think he talked to some head witch or something like that in this coven and that she knew things about him and that she pretty much put like this weird, like he woke up one morning to his cats at like midnight fighting, like pretty much clawing each other's eyes out when they had never fought before. Hmm. And he said that the next day, like she showed up at his house and the first thing she asked, like when he opened the door was, how are your cats? Or like, like, you don't want another episode with your cats you? like pretty much threatening him. Like she had been the one that caused this to happen. And so there's like weird unexplainable things throughout, but you also get the view of someone who is a psychiatrist, like a trained medical professional to pick out some of the maybe like mental instabilities of certain claims. But the entire, I guess, genre of demonic possessions and that type of stuff has always fascinated me because the claims are always very, very large. It's always like, and this person slid up the wall and they were walking on the ceiling and you're like, whoa, 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 Mm -hmm. whoa, hold on. Like, that's a lot. So I don't know. I definitely want to do an episode on that in the future.
2: I always, I always struggle with the possession thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's always fascinating, but yeah, it's really hard for me to, uh, like everybody says they're possessed by the devil. Yeah. But the devil they're talking about is a recent creation. Yeah. You know, not recent like last week, but yeah. In the last probably six, seven hundred years.
0: But it's it's also just one person. It's one being, you know, like, so how could everyone be possessed by the devil that in their belief? If if there's
2: such a thing as possessed, possession, then some of these people that are saying I was possessed by the devil were probably possessed by something else. Yeah. Walk ins. We're back now. Yeah. Or, you know, there's just weird things in this world that we don't understand yet. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reasons we sit down and talk here is to hash over some of these things and come at it from our three different perspectives and, you know, have other people do the same.
0: Yeah. You know, because there's, there's a lot of talk, like, especially in like Ouija board stories too, of people getting possessed because of it or, or whatnot. Have you ever heard a possession story that you actually felt had some merit behind it? Cause I'm sure you've looked into a bunch of them, right? Like you've probably heard them throughout the years, like different crazy things going on.
2: There, there's a couple of the, the one that originally inspired the
0: exorcist. I don't
2: remember all the details, but I remember yeah. that one was kind of believable, but in most cases, I think there is a more believable psychological explanation.
0: Was, was that Pazuzu? Was that the, I don't even remember the at this point. Cause I, when when I was researching this, like the Ouija board, like it talked about Zozo, which you're not supposed to say the name, uh, sorry. There's a lot of speculation that like that is tied to Pazuzu, which is one of the, they. I, I believe it was the exorcist. Like it was um, the demon from the exorcist. It could whatever. be, it sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. But so that's, that's like really the only one, like you haven't list, looked into any, like the old French ones or the, like some of these crazy stories where, you know, nuns are literally yeah, it takes 30 people to hold this dude down to the bed. Like,
2: I think a lot of them, while they, they might seem extraordinary or supernatural, Yeah. In most of those cases, it could just be a a regular human condition. Yeah. Now you're going to come across some that are just either because of the way it was documented or because of the way it happened, you won't be able to explain certain things. But a lot of it you can explain by normal human reactions or Mm -hmm. activities or mental illness or something like that.
1: Pazuzu is the main antagonist in the exorcist horror novels and film series created by William Peter Blady. Blady derived the character from Assyrian and Babylonian mythology where historic Mm. Pazuzu was considered the king of demons of the wind and the son of the god Hanbi.
0: Yeah. And, you know, spoiler alert for one of the episodes that I'm looking into regarding that Zozo slash Pazuzu, I I sent the link to Heather earlier just because it was so fascinating when I was looking into that one. Like one of the I think his name is Darren, Darren Evans he's got a blog dedicated to this Zozo, right? And he did a blog post, I think it was it was April last year, it was it was sometime last year, or maybe it's 2019 saying that is 2020 the year of Zozo? And like pointing to all these kind of like foreshadowing tweets and stuff like that from 2017, from all this stuff, the fact that 2020 looks like ZOZO, like there was a lot of interesting things. I'm like, damn, I might want to do an episode just about that theory too, because 2020 was definitely hell on earth.
1: I was about to say, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, I, I believe Even this theory because yeah murder hornets pandemic um everything that we went through in 2020 had to be the work of yeah some demon named zoza
0: or humans yeah like i said but like uh, for me the the hilarity came from the fact Mike. damn that is kind of funny like of course if, if 2020 was anything crazy paranormal of course it would be the king of demons being like brought back from purgatory whatever the hell he was and just wreaking havoc on society but it wouldn't just be 2020; it would keep going from there. Stay tuned, everyone. Keep living your lives, and let's see where this, this takes us. So, uh, after let's say you've heard a few different stories, or do any of these actually like? Is there any kind of credibility that you can latch on to, Christian, with any of these experiences or accounts, including my own? You can you can take mine into consideration because that's irrefutable. If you'd like, if you'd like to use that one, feel free. If there you know?
2: are, if there's other entities in this world, yeah, or around us, it it could be a possibility Hmm. and the fact that people that practice magic actually learn it. Yeah. Not, you know, in a slow process for reasons that are supposedly like this. Yeah. That makes some sense that, you know, we shouldn't hand magic over to everybody. True. Yeah. And because if, if it can open doorways Hmm. that shouldn't be opened, you should probably know how to close them. Absolutely. You know, because it's one thing to, Learn about the universe and the world around us, but sometimes you can't let that universe into the current place, whether it's just a mindset in your, in your way of thinking or the actual world around us, you gotta, there's gotta be some responsibility
0: yeah and like i said i don't like i i don't want to box you in and say that like it has to be demons what i'm saying is that something takes place when when this this board is used it could be you know like we've talked about dimensional creatures we've talked about like gateways portals it could be any of those things personally to me it feels oppressive it feels demonic but that's also you know what i've spent a lot of my time looking into so of course that's what it's going to sound like
2: well and then there's uh, entity named uh, Patience Worth. Patience Worth. Yeah. Who, through a Ouija board, communicated writings of 4 million words mm. of poems and plays and stuff like that. This was 1913.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all bad coming through there. Yeah. What was that one author that wrote a book like Mark Twain related, like said that Mark Twain pretty much wrote this from the other side and just used me as a guide? I'm not sure. I don't remember that. I mean, I heard something about yeah, it, but that which, w- that one was nuts too. Cause that patience thing, that sounds familiar to me. I feel like I've heard that before, but you've probably just,
2: seen it on a show or episode. I've heard the name, the person that she was working through was Pearl Karan.
0: Wait, didn't we read that in the last? So That's
1: Mark what Tw- I thought. Mark Twain and what?
0: I thought we had that name earlier in the episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. Essentially this, this medium or someone said that they contacted Mark Twain through the, the use of automatic writing or a Ouija board and that he pretty much or she wrote this book and said that this was penned by Mark Twain, communicated through automatic writing. So pretty much she said that oh this isn't my book, this is Mark Twain's. He wrote it, but he sent it to us from the other side. And I think that that pearl thing was from the Aleister Crowley thing. No, I, I just found it. It was American spiritualist
2: Pearl Koran Okay, yeah, yeah, popularized its use as a divining tool during World War One. Yeah. And how she did it was writing 4 million words,
0: seven books, a ton of poems and plays in short stories. Did they all, I, that'd be interesting to read through them and see if they all had like a similar style, you know? Yeah. That kind of this lady was just really creative, you know?
1: Add that to the list of books we got to.
0: Seriously, yeah, or 4 million words might take us a while too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get cracking. The writing was factual, It touched on history
2: from almost all areas and disciplines, from botany and historical cuisines to anthropology. Skeptics were charmed, scholars were shocked at the quality of the work, and it still hasn't been entirely explained. So Hmm. obviously this will have to be a Ouija board episode. Yeah, one of those episodes. Hmm. Because I just kind of accidentally found her researching This one, when I. All
1: right, Christian, you're going to have to start reading up.
0: All right. Sounds like it's up to you.
2: I have her saved on my new app where I actually had it listening to this video while I was getting ready
0: to come here. Yeah. But over the course of these, I want you to be like completely honest. If any of these stories grab you in a way that you're like, that's kind of interesting. I I am not going to lie about
2: it. Yeah. I just have a rational, not really, I don't know if it's rational. I just have a very strong image of what our minds can do. Yeah. And I, I think we don't understand what we do daily. So I think our minds have a lot to do with it. If there's additional things like spirits yeah. or demons or whatever, mm. I can be open to that. But I, I think it's not always something like that manifest itself, even though we may see it. Mm. Some of it's, it's, it's something within us or it has meaning to us. And it's not always something we need to run from. Yeah. Unless it's going to kill you.
0: In which case, definitely you should run from it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Also, don't take my advice on how to deal with an entity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If there's one person you don't want to take advice on how to deal with an entity, it is Christian. Yes. Okay.
2: Because I'd probably stand there and try to learn about it yeah. like an
0: idiot. He would say, well, first grab your pen and your finest writing pad. Yeah. No.
1: Take a yeah, good so. picture.
0: <laughs> Have your phone fully charged. These things On portrait do mode, battery.
1: yeah.
2: Why are you inspired to terrorize humanity? Mm. And then we will get to... he
1: bore it so much.
2: Yeah. I'd I'd be his therapist. Yeah. And at the end, we would have solved all the world's problems. There you go. That feels like it might be
0: a little bit of a stretch, but I mean... Then I'd fit my name, Christian the Great. Also a little bit of a stretch. (laughs) Just
2: a little. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have a dream, though. Yeah. So this is... And like I said, this is one of... What is going to be just a, you know, we'll visit it regularly enough to, to keep things fresh, but it's, I'm not going to bombard you with episodes about Ouija board tales. And, but I do want to get to the point where the, each of these episodes can be filled with listener stories. Yes. That's what I want. And so we need to get that started fresh and early. Let's get, if you have a story out there, um, any kind of experience with a Ouija board, whether it be completely scare the shit out of you, or it's simply just a forewarning or foreshadowing Or just, you know, giving you some kind of information that you otherwise couldn't have possibly known. We would like to hear about it. Uh, Just email us at thegang at thefreakideiki.com. Feel free to, you know, hit up the DMs. At this point, you know what they are. If you don't know what they are, go search them out on the website that I just mentioned. And also worth noting, there is a... I'm going to pull this up real quick just because it's worth it. I have to edit out some of this silence. UFOs attack family
2: alien craft sucks car off.
0: It's a weird way to word that. Yeah, that's <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth. Okay. Um yeah, we do have a we have a, a dedicated voicemail line now. So if your story or your theory or your question whatever is under 3 minutes, please give us a call at 801-997-0051 that is the official freaky deaky voicemail line and you know honestly i feel like putting it out there we're going to get a lot of strange strange voicemails that have absolutely nothing to do with the paranormal or conspiracy or the unexplained but just random people trying to get us listed higher on google's search engine ratings so i just i i'm throwing it out there hoping that someone at some point will hear this with a story to share and the the emails, especially like if it's longer than three minutes, shoot us an email. We want to hear about especially Ouija board stories. If you want to be in one of these episodes, let, let's get some of them rolling in. Yeah, because we'll you,
1: we'll just start a correspondence and schedule mm-hmm. time to do an interview and figure out how to get you on if you're local. But um, we yeah. want to hear it.
0: Yeah. And maybe not even interview. If, if you just want to type up a story and send yeah. it to us, we will read it. Or if you're a demon trapped on
2: this realm because Mm -hmm. of somebody's inappropriate Ouija board use, give us a call and we will try to help you back to your dimension.
0: Yeah, that is uh, something that Christian will most likely handle. He seems more on your plane, (laughs) you know, Um, Heather and I will probably just stick back and watch that go down in a perfect ring of salt. But yeah, either way. And uh, while you're on the website leaving us that voicemail while you're talking into the phone, be sure to check out the merch. We got t-shirts, we got hoodies, got a sticker pack, got a garage blanket that Christian is rocking right now.
1: They're so soft too. Yeah, they are. Like perfect size, not too big, not too small, ridiculously soft, a lot of cool prints.
0: Yes. And I'll be adding more stuff over time. Like as these designs come out, it's just kind of one of those things. Like we're not forcing you to buy anything, but if you like the show and you know, you want to support us a little bit, Feel free. Yeah, if you, you like you the Dubai. show, and you
1: like rock and weird prints, uh, absolutely, they're pretty cool, and uh, all of that you know helps us grow the show. And mm.
2: yeah, take take pictures of of your take selfies of yourself wearing it in different places. Yeah, where, wherever you're from.
0: Yeah, seriously, rock it, and we'll post it on the the socials to get you the notoriety of at least a hundred and thirty people, if not more. If not more, that's right. Actually, I saw. Uh, we got a shout out to Ireland again, real quick. Ireland, you are slacking. Canada passed you up. Canada's oh, number two again, man. but but only by like one or two downloads. So Ireland, tell your friends, get more, get more of your Irish lads and lasses, and uh, let's spread let's spread the show a bit in Ireland so that we can one day go out there. And again, reiterating the fact, send in your I- Irish stories, your Ireland lore, your yes. folklore, all that stuff. We want to hear about it. And since we're on the I countries, Iceland, Iceland, we're looking at you Mm -hmm. because you're nice
2: and the stories would be amazing.
0: Oh yes. That would be amazing. Please shoot some of those in. If we have, do we have Icelanders, Icelandics? That's why I'm putting this vibe out there. There you go. Christian's trying to reach out to you personally right now. You may be the only person listening in Iceland, but we need your help. Yeah. So this, this pretty much concludes, uh, tales from the Ouija part one. We will see you next time. And don't forget to, if something we haven't said in a while, please, you know, rate the show, leave us a review. And if you could type one up, because right now we have two Apple, Apple reviews.
1: And while we love them, we'd love some more.
0: Yeah. uh, Here's the thing on the website. I have two placeholders because I didn't want to delete them and just have two reviews. So there's two reviews and there's two placeholders. If you want to be one of those placeholders, please go review the show. And first one gets in, please be nice. Okay. I will put a one star up there. Don't think I won't. I think it's hilarious. But also, don't do that, please. It'll hurt my feelings. I'll be laughing, but I'll be crying. Is that what you want? Is that what you want? Is that how you want to end this episode? Yes. You be laughing and crying? Mm hmm. Really, end maniacally. Ben-